Petaluma Radio Players. And now, the Petaluma Radio Players, located just north of the Golden Gate Bridge in Northern California's Sonoma County, bring you another provocative radio drama from their home on KPCA-FM 103.3 and via the World Wide Web on kpca.fm. Our drama during this week's presentation, Be Bold, Be Bold, captures the darker side of the traditional tale befitting non-traditional children and the grandparents who recite to them. Performed in an interpretive choral style with Grandmama as the central narrator and the other characters sharing lines of narration, the playwright Donna Latham has based this retelling on Joseph Jacobs' 1890 variation of Mr. Fox. The playwright assures you, however, that the tale certainly predates Joseph Jacobs' collection. And God forbid you, our radio audience, ever find yourself accidentally knocking upon the door of Mr. Fox. Grandmama, I grow weary of this tedious finger play. I yearn to dash through the meadows. I languish, once more trapped indoors like a greenhouse rose. April showers bring forth May flowers. Sweet Olivia, we are obliged to endure the storms before we welcome the blossoms. Do tell me a story. It will pass the time away until the storm abates. Please, not a child's fairy tale. A true tale. I'm 16 now, after all. No longer suited for children's fare. Very well, Olivia. Come close. Lady Mary was young. Lady Mary was fair. She claimed as many suitors as you have fingers on your hand. Pray accept this trinket from my journey to Italy. It compliments your emerald eyes. For for you, little lady M- Mary, a rose k- kissed by the dew. As I shall one day kiss your dewy lips. Yet, yet, lady, lady Mary cared not a whit for any of them, save for Mr. Fox. Mr. Fox cut a dashing figure. Tall and handsome was he, with golden hair that cascaded in gentle waves to his shoulders. About him, Mr. Fox carried an aura of mystery. Ah, there was much Lady Mary did not know of Mr. Fox, and she was intrigued. Tirelessly, Mr. Fox wooed Lady Mary. Following a brief courtship, Lady Mary promised her hand to the dashing Mr. Fox. 
One mild evening, Mr. Fox bade farewell to Lady Mary at the home she shared with her father and three fine brothers. Your loveliness so bewitched me that I nearly forgot to inform you. I've been summoned away on urgent business. I must be gone a fortnight. Upon my return, we shall seal our wedding contract. And thus he took his leave. In his absence, Lady Mary, for, for the, the very, very first time, grew distressed by all she did not know of Mr. Fox. Mr. Fox was frequently summoned away on pressing matters. Yet he never shared with Lady Mary where he journeyed. Aye, this unidentified business itself was most vexing. For Lady Mary knew not how Mr. Fox had acquired his wealth. His home proved most disquieting of all. You see, Olivia, Mr. Fox boasted of a magnificent manor far, far at the outskirts of the village. And hitherto he had never invited Lady Mary and her father to visit him there. A manor in which she would presently reside? Indeed. Indeed. Though, Though Lady, Lady Mary, Mary had enjoyed Mary a glimpse. At last, the morning before her lover's homecoming, Lady Mary, Lady Mary awoke with a sense of resolve and a spirit of adventure. What a lovely day for a lark! Today I shall make my way through the forest to Mr. Fox's manor and visit it for myself. Thus, Lady Mary set forth on her journey. Lady Mary walked a long, long way, well beyond the meadows and through the dense woods. At length, she came upon Mr. Fox's home. It was precisely as he described it. Hidden in the deepest forest and completely surrounded by a soaring stone wall, Lady Mary sought the wall's entry, and when she found it, she spied an inscription above it. Be bold! Be bold! I am bold, laughed Lady Mary, and she entered the gate. She strode through Mr. Fox's lush gardens, pausing to pluck a stalk of fragrant lavender. Merrily, she stepped to his door and spied a second carving above it. Oh, one can never be too bold. Lady Mary fairly danced through Mr. Fox's entryway. What she beheld took her breath away. Luxurious tapestries bedecked the walls. A splendid stairway sprawled before her. A golden urn, large enough for Lady Mary to stand inside, stood sentry at the doorway. Aye, Lady Mary's inquisitive eyes devoured the opulence. 
She skipped up the stairway, seeking the chamber at its very summit. When she came to the chamber door, she spied a final inscription. Be bold, be bold, but not too bold. Lest that your own heart's blood run cold. Fingertips, fingertips, resting, resting on the door. door. Lady Mary hesitated for for the very first time. Her scalp prickled. Her heart flip-flopped inside her breast. Be still, be still, my heart, for I have ventured this far, said she with determination, and she stepped inside the chamber. What she beheld took her breath away. Blood was splattered on the walls. Skeletons dangled from the ceiling. Bodies were strewn everywhere. The corpses of young women. On one side of the room, their discarded clothing was tossed in a slapdash mound. In another, their jewels desperately clung together in a tangled heap. Thinking, thinking nothing, nothing more, more than, than flight, flight, Lady Mary whirled round. Dear Lord, I must leave this appalling place. She fairly took wing down the stairs. But whom should she spy coming up the walk? Mr. Fox? Mr. Fox? Mr. Fox himself! Head held high, Mr. Fox strode elegant and proud. His golden curls glowed in the sun. His fingers' eye, his fingers were entangled in the dark hair of a woman he dragged behind him. That pitiable soul was clad in wedding garb, stained with her own blood. Lady Mary's lover appeared to be whistling. Frantic to depart that manner of death, she nearly plunged headlong down the stairs. Wildly, she searched for a hiding place. She leapt behind the urn and held her breath. At that very instant, Mr. Fox opened his door and dragged his squirming prey inside. (laughs) Lady Mary willed herself to remain silent. 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 Heart ferociously throbbing, Lady Mary peered around the urn with one eye. She spied that poor soul fallen in a faint and slumped on the floor. Lady Mary discerned upon the lady's finger a dazzling ruby ring. Ah, Mr. Fox spied it as well and desired it for his own. As Lady Mary observed motionless, Mr. Fox struggled to wrest it from the lady's finger. Alas, alas, the the jewel jewel was was tightly fixed. fixed. He strained to remove it, but it refused to budge. To the law! Then, displaying nary an instant's hesitation, Mr. Fox withdrew the sword from his sheath. He branched it overhead. With one swift, tidy motion, he mightily hacked off the worrisome finger. Finger! Finger! 
finger. Finger. And, and the ring, ring took flight. Tumbled through the air. Mr. Fox gracefully cast out his hand and caught the ring. And the finger. And the finger. The, the finger, finger fell straight away into, into Lady, Lady Mary's lap. Lady Mary stifled her scream and clamped her eyes shut as Mr. Fox's hand fumbled over the floor in quest of the finger. After a moment, he grew impatient and abandoned his search. Zoot! He flung the woman over his shoulder and carried her up the stairs. And across his threshold. Lady Mary remained stock still until she heard the chamber door slam. And then, and then, thinking, thinking nothing, nothing more, more than, than flight, she bolted outside, tore through the garden, and dashed a long, long distance through the woods across the meadows and home. Lady Mary and Mr. Fox were to sign their wedding contract. As was customary in the village, Father arranged a lavish wedding breakfast prior to the signing. Good morrow. Good morrow. With Mr. Fox, Lady Mary's father, and her three brothers. Stood far at the end of the dining hall. Lady Mary entered at the opposite end. She drifted slowly toward them. Mr. Fox waited, elegant and proud. He beamed fondly as Lady Mary approached. As she drew nearer, Mr. Fox's smile dimmed, and he called out in concern. My beloved, you're as pale as a dove. He clasped Lady Mary's hand, searched her face. Oh, Mr. Fox, I could not sleep last night, for I had the most distressing dreams. I cannot sever them from my mind. You're aware dreams run to the contrary, are you not? You must never allow them to vex you, my lamb. Yet I do so delight in unlocking their mysteries. Pray, share your dreams with me. I, with all assembled... Your agreeable voice will pass the time until breakfast is served and our contract sealed. Very well, Mr. Fox. I dreamed you were called away on business, and yestermorn I visited your home on a lark. I walked a great distance and at length located your manor. It was as you portrayed it, far, far at the edge of the forest and encircled by a stone wall. Above the wall's entrance, I discovered a message. Be bold! Be bold! Now, now, scolded Mr. Fox with a waggle of his finger. It is not so. Ah, Mr. Fox, it was so. In my dream. Pray, Lady Mary, hasten on with your tale. Mr. Fox, you are aware that I am bold. In my dream, I entered straight away. I visited your lush garden with its sweet lavender and found my way to the manor's entry. Over it, I spied a second inscription. Be bold, be bold, but not too bold. Mr. Fox's broad grin remained fixed, but his voice contained the slightest quiver. 
It is not so. Ah, uh, Mr. Fox, it was so. In my dream. I slipped into your manor and beheld its golden urn, rich tapestries, beckoning staircase. I confess, I could not resist rushing upward to a chamber door. Above it, yet a final inscription. Be bold! Be bold! But not too bold! Lest that your own heart's blood run cold! By now, Mr. Fox's smile had stolen away from his wan face. He hissed. But it is not so, nor was not so. Looking about restlessly, he demanded. Whenever will his bloody breakfast commence? Mr. Fox, it was so, in my dream. And in my dream, I entered that room, a bedchamber. And the scene that poisoned my vision I shall never forget... Blood stained the walls. Corpses were abandoned to rot. The corpses of young women. Their cherished possessions were heaped like leaves for the burning. His face mottled. Mr. Fox burst out. But it is not so. Nor twas not so. I insist it was so in my dream. In my dream, I dashed from that hideous chamber. Its contents blazed into my memory. Its stench scorched forever in my nose. I nearly tumbled down the stairs in my haste. Suddenly, whom do I spy approaching? You, Mr. Fox. In my dream, my dream, you dragged a youthful woman, wealthy, beautiful, and clothed for her wedding. You yanked the terrified creature into your home. But... It is not so, nor twas not so. It was so in my dream. Terrified myself, I left behind your urn. I peeked out, forcing my very breath to cease. I observed a ruby ring on that innocent lady's finger. Mr. Fox, ah, you spied it as well. You wrestled with it, but it would not relent. Did you turn away? Oh no, Mr. Fox, it transpired in my dream that you drew your sword and forthwith hacked off the finger. The ring took flight, and you managed to secure it. But the finger, the lady's finger. By now, Mr. Fox's eyes were black with fury. Teeth bared, he fairly spat his words. But it is not so, nor twas not so, and God forbid it ever shall be so. Lady Mary... Lady Mary levelly met his gaze. It is so, and it was so. Behold the finger I have to show. Thinking nothing more than flight, Mr. Fox whirled to flee. At that moment, Lady Mary's three brothers marched forward. They drew their swords and... 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 And sauced him cold. At length, Lady Mary's father... And... 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 Her her three brothers... With Lady Mary at the forefront... Escorted Mr. Fox to the Rose Garden. And what Lady Mary executed there, amidst the blossoms, I shall never reveal... Lest that your own heart's blood run cold.
This has been the Petaluma Radio Players production of Be Bold, Be Bold by Donna Latham, starring Shirley Bennett as Grandmama, Vivian Schaffbuck as Olivia, Kathy Murphy as Lady Mary, Barton Smith as Mr. Fox, Stephen Deitz as Father, First Suitor and Brother Number One played by Dave Murphy, Second Suitor and Brother Number Two played by Ben Kaplan, Third Suitor and Brother Number Three played by Ralph Scott, directed by Kendra Murray, recording engineer Ralph Scott, Post-production John Beale, produced by Ralph Scott and Kendra Murray. Copyright 2018. The Petaluma Radio Players. We're on the web at PetalumaRadioPlayers.com. I'm your announcer, Cheryl Holling. Hello, this is Kendra Murray with the Petaluma Radio Players. I'm speaking today with Donna Latham, the playwright of Be Bold, Be Bold. Donna's play is one of 15 plays that we have chosen to produce out of approximately 100 submissions we have received from nycplaywrights.org. Oh, wonderful. Thank you for choosing it. Your play is based on the classic English fairy tale, Mr. Fox by Joseph Jacobs. Mr. Fox has been referred to as an anti-tale by the author Catherine Languish. And with Lady Mary being the opposite of Bluebeard's disobedient yet submissive bride, Be Bold, Be Bold features a female who needs no man to be her shield or rescuer. Was the idea of an anti-tale heroine what helped you to reformulate your Lady Mary as being even bolder than she appeared in the original Mr. Fox? That is what appealed to me. I have a long interest in this particular tale. And I like to imagine that long, long ago when the tale was first told, it was after the children went to bed and the adults would huddle round the fire and tell each other cautionary tales. And this was one of them. She really kind of takes control of her destiny, I feel. And she, she has this mysterious yet intriguing lover and finally decides to figure out some of the questions that she needs to have answered. And she seizes control of her destiny and then exacts her own revenge. When I first read your play, I felt that there was a very strong musical quality. I was going for that with the repetition of language and kind of the melodious telling. So I'm so glad to hear that you heard that and that it came alive for you. There is some lovely foreshadowing in the play, such as in the line delivered by Lady Mary. She claimed as many suitors as you have fingers on your hand. Delightful and wicked. (laughs) That was a bit of foreshadowing planted there. As Lady Mary enters Mr. Fox's home, she spies a golden urn large enough for Lady Mary to stand inside. I liked the idea of um, Lady Mary looking, I, I can just imagine her stepping into this mansion and just kind of looking at all this wonderment and opulence before her, but somehow knowing that something is off and that something is not right and she needs to to find out what that is. There are two places in your play where you use the phrase on a lark. 
And I'm curious to know if this is an homage to the robber bridegroom's bird in a cage, which warns Lady Mary to turn back. It is. It is. Thank you for noticing that. I always feel I have these obscure references and then it delights me when, when someone sees it. Well, we are absolutely thrilled to have had this opportunity to produce our version of Be Bold, Be Bold. And we recognize that you are indeed a prolific and highly successful playwright and children's book author. And we wish you much success in the future. Oh, thank you so much. I always have a lot of plates that I'm spinning. So <laughs> I'm re- I have uh, a new play called Suffer a Witch which is about the 1706 colonial uh, witch trial of Grace Sherwood, which is um, very much in the forefront of what I'm working on right now. I've been kind of immersed in Grace's world. I'm Kendra Murray, and on behalf of the Petaluma Radio Players, we thank you for tuning in to this interview with playwright Donna Latham. Lest that your own heart's blood run cold. You can go up. I'll stay there. Okay. All right. Go ahead. Empty your own heart's blood. Sorry. No problem. John will have fun with this. Why don't you, John? Yeah. Hi, John. Lest that your own heart's blood run cold. No, no. Somebody's going. Both of you go up. I'll go there. I'll stay on the pitch. Okay. Lest that your own heart's blood run cold. Okay. All right. Now we want some fight sound. Yes. Would either of you fight experts like to do that? Uh, can we just slate it for John on the page where it's going to be? Yes, please. And then um, is there an arc or dynamic to the fight scene that you want? Is like, I mean, just right into... You were going down. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The three brothers are taking you. Cool. Ladies, you can sit. You're, you're good. Thank you. That so usually happens at a wedding anyway. <laughs> yes, right. So is that page 17? Great job, Kathy. Is that page 17? I want to do it again. Uh, yeah. No. Where it says footsteps and family, Mr. Fox thrashing. Is it 16 or Well, I see it's 17 or something. Oh, I see a fight scene. Oh, shoot. Oh, militaristic stepping and drawing of swords. Okay, so... I don't know how we're going to hear the military. Yeah, it's really yeah. just basically a, um, I don't a know, thrashing. Sure that's right. There's not even an opportunity to fight. Right. It's just boom. So you're getting mauled by these two. Scores of Mr. Fox to the Rose Garden. Footsteps of family and Mr. Fox thrashing. They just like, that'd be funny if we just throw it into like, like Batman. Oh, wait, no, 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 no. Because. Here's the fight scene before that. So you said there's one 16? It's oh. On, that's on 16. Let's actually hit you to see what it sounds like. Yeah, I'm okay with that's that. What I, that's my vote, too. <laughs> and Father Yanks panting Mr. Fox to his feet. Then you'll get more thrashing. Okay, so whenever you're so it's, fight so scene on page 16. Didn't they have their swords drawn? Is this a sword fight? No, that's after. The, John will add sword sounds. Yeah, oh. I mean, I'm sorry, that's before, but he'll add the sword sounds. Okay. It'll be you should be in on it, so get, on, get close. Well, not right on your mics because you don't want them popping. But, um, right. yeah, you can say you don't have to gather all night. <laughs> Just start making a ruckus. Okay, Swords are drawn. Oh, you're so bloody now. Oh, <laughs> Drink to the moon. That was the three stooges. Aye, aye, aye. 
That's great. Okay. Yeah. More, more. Fight scene, take two. Yeah, I'll take it. Swords are drawn? Lovely. Uh, okay. Any more? No, Let's do the whole thing again. Backwards. I think we should do a couple of those. Can we do it again? Thank you for tuning in. We hope you have enjoyed this presentation. Please join us on Sundays at 6pm Pacific, www.kpca.fm. Cheers! Petaluma Radio Players. Like talking on